Defended by Simmons. Is this the Tiger? Hello and welcome back to the game day episode for your Toronto Maple Leafs here on the Battleborn Leafs podcast. I'm your host as always, Joshua Insamo, here to talk to you guys today about your Toronto Maple Leafs. The Maple Leafs host the struggling Detroit Red Wings tonight in the second last game of the regular season. I will be in attendance tonight for a game that I expect to be very, very offensive. Um, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm not expecting the game to be perfect. I don't know how much the Leafs are going to be driven into this one. Obviously, they're going to be trying to prevent injury. We've seen teams this weekend kind of take their foot off the gas in terms of playing to their full effort maximum. Um, you're having some of the I guess lower teams in the standing wise beat the top teams because teams are either sitting their star players due to protection or the players that are playing are just not giving their full 100%. And I'm honestly okay with the Maple Leafs doing that. We just lost Michael Bunting. He will not be practicing this week confirmed by Sheldon Keefe. They're going to reevaluate him next week, which is massive for this Maple Leafs team. Cause we all know how high I am on them on making it out of the first round this year. But Without my boy, Michael Bunting, who from the first episode of this podcast, I've been preaching his name before the regular season has even started. When everybody was counting him out, when everybody said that Dubas didn't replace Zach Hyman, I told you guys that this was going to be the guy. He was a stud in his brief stint with Arizona last season, and he's really translated that here with the Maple Leafs. He's a fantastic player. He's what you need in the playoffs. He's a pest. He's tough to play against. He doesn't fight much. He doesn't drop the gloves. He's not, you know, Matthew to Chuck, but he is a great player in every other physical aspect. He will be tough on his on on his play that I think is actually more important than in terms of dropping the gloves. But just his, you know, I guess the greasy rat aspect to his name, you know, because that's his nickname. That aspect to how he plays um, is really vital to this roster. And without him, it's a huge loss. So I'm hoping his recovery is quick and he's able to go for game one. Because if he does not, that is a huge hole in this Maple Leafs forward group. And I know they have plenty of players that are more than capable of being in an NHL lineup. But Michael Bunting's edge and just different between the other forwards is really important and it might be as big of a loss as if the Maple Leafs lost a guy like David Camp. So I'm really high on bunting, really hoping he's good for game one. I hope it's just some precautionary stuff. Obviously we don't have very many details on this injury. It looked like an ankle injury the way he fell down in sunrise. So, you know, it is scary, but you know, hopefully it's just uh, you know, a minor issue and he can go, but with that, let's look at the lineups here tonight for the Toronto Maple Leafs against the Detroit Red Wings here on your pre-game podcast from Battleborn Fan Talk. Alexander Kerfoot is going to be slotted in Michael Bunting's spot on line one with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. Line two is what I'm excited for because we have Ilya Mikheyev, John Tavares, and Nick Robertson who got called up. He will be in the lineup tonight. Robertson, we all know his game. It's very straightforward hockey. He 
is very, very fast. His speed is very evident. But what I liked about Robertson in his last stint here with the Maple Leafs was his ability to win the puck back. His, you know, overall game instead of just the scoring aspect. He already got his first NHL regular season goal. Um, but, you know, just his play in terms of um, effort and on the defensive side of things, you know, he was always the first guy back getting the puck. And that's important uh, with Nick because I found a lot of people – uh, talk about his praise offensively, which he is an awesome offensive hockey player. He's really struggled to find his footing here with the blue and white full time. Obviously, younger player, he's going to get in uh, his foot in the door somehow, whether that's this offseason with you know the team subtracting parts, but or even with another NHL franchise, which I hope it's not, because I think he has a lot to bring. His brother's phenomenal, and his brother's a late bloomer as well. So maybe Nick is just calling the same trans uh, transit. But with that, you know, we go to line three here. My boy, Willie Styles, Willie Nylander, David Camp, and Pierre Engvall. This line has actually been really good. And I got to I gotta give some more praise to Willie Nylander because Nylander is starting to drive his own line. And that was something that Sheldon Keefe has been trying to find throughout the regular season. There was even a time where Nylander was on the fourth line trying to find some scoring depth in the bottom six. And Willie Nylander is bringing it. And it's a great time to get hot. Willie's hot. He's firing the puck on all cylinders, and it's going in for him. So if Nylander can keep this up with David Camp and Pierre Engvall, I'm really going to be excited for round one of the playoffs because now we're starting to see the scoring depth filter through this whole Maple Leafs forward core. And on the fourth line tonight, it's expected to be Nick Abruzzese, Colin Blackwell, and Jason Spezza. Obviously, Jason Spezza... You know, veteran guy, he's starting to fire the puck more, and it looks like he's starting to get his juice back. Maybe he was just saving it for the playoffs and this little stretch down here these last two games. They do host the Boston Bruins on Friday night, which is going to be the last game of the regular season before we get to the playoffs. So Jason Spezza with Blackwell, I love these two together. Blackwell, you know, such an underrated player. He's an energy bug. He's physical, um, not afraid to lay the body, even though he's a smaller figure. But his energy and stuff he provides is really important. I think without Michael Bunting, a guy like Colin Blackwell is going to be extremely important, not only now, but in May when it matters. The extras who will not be playing tonight, Wayne Simmons, Kyle Clifford, and Andre Kasha. Kasha is still out with a concussion. He is practicing, though. He was on the ice this morning. The defensive side of things for your Toronto Maple Leafs, Morgan Riley is paired up with Ilya Labushkin, which is, you know, kind of the first pairing now that we've had in stone here for the last couple months. Jake Muzzin is making his return to the lineup for the Toronto Maple Leafs as he's paired up with TJ Brody. And on the third pairing, we have Mark Giordano and Timothy Liljegren. The fourth pairing that was on pra- uh, that was at practice today was Rasmus Sandin and Justin Hall. And uh, Jack Campbell will be the starter. This is all per David Alter on Twitter. So Campbell getting the nod here tonight. I think this is a good move. I think Campbell needs to play these last two regular season games. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about Peter Morazic and how he's, um, you know, looking in his recovery. Sheldon Keefe did say some positive uh, positives that he's been on the ice for the last five days. He's starting to progress well. Obviously, I think we should get him back. I wouldn't say maybe for game one, two, or three, but maybe in the back half of 
the first round. Obviously, him coming back sooner the better because before he was out with injury, he started to fix his season after being placed on waivers, and he looked like he was starting to find himself in a groove. So I'm really hoping he comes back because this Maple Leaf side really needs the goaltending depth because I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to see Shalgren in net for the playoffs. And as much as I respect Shalgren, he's the team's fourth goalie. He's still getting used to uh, North American hockey. Um, I just don't think he's ready yet to occupy a goal in the NHL postseason. But with that, let's go to the Detroit Red Wings now offensively. Detroit, they've struggled scoring goals without Dylan Larkin as he's officially done for the year after a core muscle surgery. Uh, they rank 23rd. They're, they don't shoot very much, 25th in the league in that aspect. Uh, they have a 26th ranked uh, power play percentage. Their shooting percentage is 19th in the league. Their face-off percentage isn't really good either. They're 18th, so obviously that's in the Maple Leafs' favor. We all know how important face-offs are for this Maple Leaf side um, because, you know, the Maple Leaf play a very puck-possession-based game, and when they are playing their style of play, that is when the Leafs are at their best. So Jack Campbell versus Alex Nedeljkovic is expected to be the goaltending battle tonight. Nedeljkovic has a 20-23-9 record, a 3.31 goals against average with a 9.01 save percentage with four shutouts on the year. Nedeljkovic had a really good season last year with Carolina, almost won uh, the Calder Trophy. I believe he was third in votes. Uh, you know, this is a prospect that Carolina didn't get much praise for, um, but he found his way up into the show, and he really took advantage of that opportunity down with the Hurricanes and all their injuries to their goaltenders, including Peter Morazic last season, who's over here and now in Toronto. Uh, Nedeljkovic, he's a smaller build goaltender. He's mobile. He gets himself caught out of position sometimes when he's over-aggressive in his play. So I believe if you can kind of cause chaos in front of him, you're going to find the back of the net with ease. That's what the Maple Leafs did the last time they met the Detroit Red Wings in Detroit, and they were successful. So Obviously, the Detroit Red Wings killer, Michael Bunting, is going to be out of the lineup tonight. But I think if you could cause chaos in front of the goal, Nadelkovic, um, you know, he's not really poised and one of those stable goaltenders that relies on positioning. He's more about his athletics and, you know, sliding across the blue paint. So if you're able to get traffic in front and send bodies to the net with lots of shot, lots of shots from outside, I think you're going to get some good opportunities and lots of goals here tonight because Philly gives up. I mean, sorry, Detroit give Philly. <laughs> Detroit gives up a ridiculous amount of goals. Um, but Philly came to my head because it's actually interesting to see, you know, we just had Philly come into Scotiabank Arena in the last game, and the Leafs took care of business. They were clearly the better side. Philadelphia definitely doesn't have the names on paper anymore. Um, they're just a done under par team this season. They're completely out tanking. And now we're starting to see that with Detroit too. Detroit had such a good start to the season. They looked like they were going to be the clear-cut ninth best team in the Eastern Conference, the team that just misses out on the playoffs by a pretty fair margin. They weren't expected to get close or battle for a wild-card spot, but teams thought that they were going to be the evident nine team with a pretty fair margin going to the AC Boston. But now without Dylan Larkin and Robbie Fabry, their season has really derailed. And obviously, like I said, no bunting and Morazic tonight for the Maple Leafs, but... I expect the Maple Leafs to take care of business. I brought up the Philly game because that's how the Leafs need to play tonight. They snuffed out the danger early. Jack Campbell was a rock from the first shot that he had. The first goal conceded um, by an away team at Scotiabank Arena because of the lack of, I don't know how to describe it, the lack of like pure 
fans in the lower bowl area. Obviously, we know it's all corporate and stuff like that. When the opposing team scores first, especially when it's a lower feeding team like Arizona, the building can get silent really quickly. And the corporate areas down there start to go to the bars and the suites and all that stuff. So, um, you know, that's obviously something that's not going to contribute well for the home side. You want a loud building. You want it to be tough to play in Toronto. And when this happens, it's it's a vibe killer. And that's my way to describe it. Um, so I'm really hoping that the Maple Leafs can start off strong because when you score first, that building is energetic. You have people buying more and more beers. It is loud. It's so much fun. And uh, that's a real important factor for me. I really hope that going into the playoffs, the Leafs can capitalize with home ice advantage if they do get it and to score fast and early. Because when you snuff out the danger and you capitalize quick, you're in good hands, especially at Scotiabank Arena, because we know how good the Maple Leafs are at home this season. They have a, rec- or a home record of 29-8-2, so they're one of the better sides at home. So, you know, I'm really hoping that they can find that energy. And usually when Austin Matthews provides, uh, you know, just his spectacular multiple point uh multiple points in like a span of like 10 minutes that I feel like he's done so much throughout the season, which, you know, you look at his points and his goals, like I'm sure you can agree. Like this guy will just get two goals in 10 minutes. So when Austin Matthews has one of those games, you know that the Leafs are in a good spot. So I feel that coming tonight. I think Matthews gets 60 tonight. That's my bold take here on the Battleborn Leafs podcast. But I'm really disappointed with Detroit. I'm not going to lie. They've slowly started taking steps forward. I have to give them praise in that aspect. But they're just not there yet. And I know they have Moritz Sider and Lucas Raymond. So you have to give them you know, credit to their younger players. Those guys are really good. I'm really impressed with Moritz Sider. I can't be honest. I would probably put him as my... Calder winner, although I'm a huge bunting supporter, but you know, Dylan Larkin, Bertuzzi, both guys that are in the 60 point range, the only guys in 60 points um, for the Detroit Red Wings um, in terms of offense. So, you know, I think these are both actually throughout the whole team, sorry, but you know, I think these are both guys that they're really offensive. Like Dylan Larkin, I have a lot of respect for him, but like I need to see more defensive work here from this team and a guy like philip peronik who i'm very high on he does have 37 points this year in 76 games he has that offensive touch in his game i think you know he's a really good number two right hand defenseman behind moritz sider especially in case moritz sider ever got hurt but sider running that power play he is the main guy for me in detroit right now this guy has a sandpaper edge to his game he's physical he's hard to play against not afraid to punch your best player right in the mouth. He's, you know, just a pest. He's a monster uh, in size. And if you let him get in his game, don't be surprised that he puts the puck, uh, the puck back in the net because he can score. He's got a good stick. He's got an active stick. So we've seen him play good against the Maple Leafs in the past, and I'm hoping tonight is not one of those nights because he's really good. But other guys like Pui Suter, uh, Sam Gagne, Philip Zadina, Oscar Sundquist now has come over from St. Louis, uh, Adam Ernie. Those are guys that you need to see more of because now we're you want to see the foundation build up with your NHL team. And it's all about what happens in Detroit. And yes, they have some top prospects still in the pipeline. And yes, that's encouraging to look forward to. But even though when you're rebuilding, you want to see the foundation. And now you're starting to see it kind of squeak through the crack. But guys like Robbie Fabry 
who, you know, he had 30 points this season in 56 games. I love watching him. He's so fast, former Ontario player. But, you know, he's battled injuries, and that's what happened in his first training camp where he kind of took St. Louis by storm, and then the ACL injury kind of ruined his season. And I think he's still, a, you know, a really good hockey player, but it's definitely something that's frustrating because I miss when Detroit was one of the best teams in this league. I know that's kind of crazy to say, especially because the rivalry with Toronto, but you know, when Detroit, when you see their logo, you think of Stanley Cups, you think of their history. And when they're this bad, and it's been for a long time now, it's frustrating. So I have to give credit to Jacob Vrana, though, or Jakob Vrana. Um, you know, obviously the guy that came over in the Anthony Mantha trade as the big piece coming from Washington. He's been held to 24 games this year, obviously, with the injury he suffered at the start of the year. But he has 18 points, 13 goals, and 5 assists. He's only averaging 14 minutes of ice a game, but... He's really offensive. He can score, um, you know, left-hand shot. Definitely a top six forward on any NHL team in this league, even the top ones. So that's a guy definitely to watch out for. I loved his play with Washington, and looks like he's really starting to find a groove here in Detroit. So for next season, as this team gets a year under their belt, obviously Larkin's back, and maybe if they can address some goaltending, at least get a backup for Nadelkovich, because I wouldn't give up on Nadelkovich yet. I don't think it's his fault as much as the numbers show, but you have to give some time to Joe Valeno and even Sunquist. You know, you just got Sunquist. He's been playing pretty good with Detroit. Obviously a guy that's not known for his offense. He's a bigger body, but you know, he's going to be nice for their bottom six. I'm high on Detroit next season. I think you can start to see them fight for a wild card spot, but this team's just not there yet. And Carter Rowney, another guy played in 26 games this year, six points. Um, Jonathan Osterley, you know, left-hand shot defenseman, not known for his offensive upside, but he's averaging 18 minutes a night. Danny DeKaiser as well. No goals on the season through 57 games despite 11 points. He's averaging 18 minutes of ice. Um, Mark Stahl through 71 games. He actually has 16 points. Uh, but, you know, these are guys that you want to see uh, Detroit start to turn the page. And Philly keeps coming back to my head because these two teams are very similar in that way. Obviously, Philly's rebuild is going to be short-termed. And obviously, I expect Detroit to get better in the rapid here. Um, the rapid future. So I'm really excited to see what Detroit can bring. They're fast. They're just pure high event hockey. They are high event hockey by the mean of every single bit of that definition. Um, they're completely okay with scoring eight goals. They're completely okay with giving up 10. And tonight is going to be chaos. They're physical. Michael Rasmussen, who I have to give credit to, is probably my favorite player on this Detroit forward core playing tonight. That is because, you know, big center, um, he's 6'6", and he plays that, he's a first-round pick, ninth overall, but he plays that role for Detroit where, you know, his offense isn't really the first priority, although he does have 25 points in 78 games, and he's starting to find the goal sheet a little more, but he's able to play against the other team's best player and frustrate them. He's physical, he's tough to play against, um, and we've seen him go against Austin Matthews, this season, we've seen him go against some of the top players in the NHL that, you know, play the center position. Guys like Sidney Crosby, Braden Point, and he's done pretty well against them. So I have to give credit to Michael Rasmussen, and I think that's a player to watch out for. Uh, obviously, without Dylan Larkin, he's kind of stepped up as their main center. But with that, I think that's all for today's game day preview. Obviously, my three keys to the game tonight for the Maple Leafs. Number one, start off strong on home ice, as I mentioned. 
if you let the opposing team score first and they are well below in the standings, it could get very quiet in there and that can run into some trouble because then you start the snowballing effect of goals and goals and goals by the away team and it's tough to come back from. Second is the strong play of Jack Campbell. I hope Soup can maintain these really good performances, especially when he's been playing at home. He has looked real solid. And my third key to the game is the power play. If the Leafs are able to capitalize on the man advantage, they're going to be successful. Their power play is even better when it's at home. So feeding the puck to Austin Matthews for some shots, I believe he's going to hit 60 tonight. That is my hot take. Uh, That's all for me, folks. Thank you guys for listening to the Battleborn Leafs podcast. I'll be with you guys tomorrow to talk about the postgame of this, hopefully, Maple Leafs victory. That's all for me. Thanks, guys. And check out the Battleborn Fan Talk socials for more information and more content on your favorite teams here in Toronto.